Hello and welcome to Spotlight On, your Griffith College alumni podcast. Uh, today we are delighted to welcome Simeon Karolavides, who studied uh, MSc in Big Data Management and Analytics, graduating in 2016. Today's podcast will shine a spotlight on Simeon's academic career uh, and his career achievements to date. Simeon now works as a Senior Application Developer and Data Migration Specialist at TU Dublin and Associate Faculty Lecturer at NCI. So uh, we'll kick off with the job titles. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Uh, you've obviously got two two different job titles there. Do you want to tell us? I do. Yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit uh, about your kind of working week. Is that? Oh dear lord, it's a working week. Um, it's it's mostly a six day week um, most of the time anyway, um, and it tends to span at about twelve hours per day. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's. Um, I'd say it's a labor of love if it wasn't such a, 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 a terrible thing to say. It's uh, I enjoy my my evening uh, job definitely. So um, sometimes I go to to my lectures in the evening, and um, you know I'm very tired after a whole day's work, and I come out of it more energized than the way I went in because lecturing to people that actually want to learn. Is, is very it's, it's a great feeling and very energizing very interesting so uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your your day job so senior application developer and data migration specialist it's a mouthful uh, yeah <laughs> it is it is and it's it's two titles obviously um, I try to put both of them everywhere just for the self-advertisement and <laughs> um, but I do I do do both it's uh, they're both a bit generic um, so one of them basically means um, I write some code for whatever we need to automate. So it can be anything from small scripts that automate a single process to um, to, to large frameworks where, we're, for instance, we're trying to build a data hub um, under which we'll, we'll uh, have an API uh, that uh, that connects all of our, our various databases. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of work to be done there, uh, both in terms of um, the architecture and and the actual coding. Um, so that's half of it, and the other half is the the various data migrations we need to do because, like every um, public service in Ireland, we have um, a bucket load of uh, very very different um, data stores. They're sitting under the very the, the various applications we have and they don't tend to talk to each other um, normally because they come from different vendors who don't talk to each other (laughs) Um, so when we need to make that happen somebody has to either automate the flow of data from one to the other or manually go and grab the data and uh, transform it as it needs to be transformed and move it to where it needs to go. It's generally called ETL jobs, you know, mm-hmm. extract, transform, load. Uh, so it's a, it's a varied work day. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it does sound very varied and, and also a lot of responsibility uh, when, you're, when you're working with large data sets in public institutions as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, in, in any given project, you'd find that the uh, the time you spend talking to the various um, stakeholders and uh, filling out paperwork and ensuring uh, the GDPR people are happy is much more than the the time you spent actually writing code and testing. 
Yep. Well, uh, I think we can all attest to that one. Uh, we'll... <laughs> I think we can all sympathise with that. Is a true. Is probably the better. Very true. Um, so you you were also uh, an associate faculty lecturer as well. So yeah. How did you get into lecturing, and, and do you want to talk about your journey there? Yeah, as I said, faculty basically means you're a part-time lecturer. Um, so that happened after I graduated from from Griffith, and that was uh, almost a direct result of that. So I was, uh, as I got my degree in data and big data management and analytics from here, um, the the whole data analytics scene was exploding in in Dublin and in the world in general, and NCI. Um, has a very strong data analytics program, especially in the in the postgrad uh, levels, level eight and level nine. So they were looking for lecturers. Now I just responded to an ad, and I said, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I'd like to do some part-time lecturing because I reached, I suppose, I reached a point in my career where I thought, you know, I." These things that I've been doing for 20 years, maybe I know them well enough to, to teach them to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this having fled the academia 15 years previously, thinking, no, I never want to stay here again. I want to work <laughs> in the outside world. <laughs> but yeah, after 15 years, um, I figured it might be worth a, a try. Um, so I went in and uh, as part of my, my original um, interview, they said, give us a very quick presentation on um, a module you'd like to teach. So obviously I had just graduated from here and I said, yeah, I can teach data analytics. So I'd structure it like this very quickly, you know, three slides. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be what they were looking for anyway. They were looking for lecturers for data analytics. So I've been, I've been teaching programming to data analytics students since then. Very interesting. So. How did you find kind of that first transitional day when you you got the job and, and you went in and you're the lecturer? Uh... Oh dear lord, <laughs> that was that was rough now, and uh, I have to say there was no um, there's no framework to help you. So you know you get um, you get some kind of orientation in the college, mm. um, but you don't get any um, kind of instructions what to teach or how or anything you're given the, the material that mm. you're supposed to teach. So obviously it's up to you to, to prepare that and to be familiar with that. But other than that, you're just given a time and a theater to go in. So in my case, my very first experience of lecturing was walking into the largest theater in NCI and having 64 people look at me. <laughs> it was a bit daunting. Yeah, it's one of those tests of character you, you occasionally find yourself in. Mm, um, but it's uh, you know you start you start slowly and you find that they're you know after five minutes they're still listening to you <laughs> and uh, once the feeling of unease goes it's it's fine I think my my biggest worry my first day was whether my voice would carry to the back of the theater um, which it turns out it did I kept asking the people at the back if they could hear me and they kept saying that yes so it was fine. That's really good, and and obviously you've uh, you, you've seen a number of students come through now and and go through your course. It must be a very rewarding feeling to see students graduating. Um, yeah, it, absolutely, it, it's very rewarding. Now I don't see them graduating myself because I um I religiously avoid all graduations. <laughs> um, but see them through the semester. Most of them coming in with no programming experience whatsoever. Oh really? And yeah, picking up programming and learning to do most of them learn to do the basic things that we need them to do 
some of them take to it like dogs to water and you can tell they'll go on to be programmers rather than data analysts and have a better quality of life <laughs> as, I, as I keep telling them they will this is very rewarding and um, I do a couple of other modules as well so I do their third semester project so sometimes I will supervise the project of people that I originally taught programming it's great to see how, how much they've advanced from knowing nothing about these things to being able to do a full-fledged project which some of them if they put enough work into it will be able to to get published wow. in fact yeah we're, we're not talking peer review publication mm. but still proper scientific publication so it's a nice journey that you see from from day one right the way through and see that that real developmental yeah uh, it's aspect. It, it's it's really rewarding and one of the reasons why why i like my evening job so much yeah that's really good. Uh, so if we if we transition now onto maybe your own achievements to date, so um, you've you've previously uh, discussed with myself uh, about uh, building the current version of DAF.ie. So that's that's a massive uh, project to, to undertake. Yeah, it was. Um, well, I didn't build it single-handedly, no. uh, but I was the um, I was the the main developer during the the golden years of Daft between 2007 and 2014 when it blew up mm. um, completely. So I understand um, the code is being refactored as we speak. It's being done by a friend of mine who keeps teasing me about my comments in the code. Um, <laughs> but it was um, it was a very good time um, to be to be in Daft. We did uh, we introduced a lot of um, new features not only to the code base but to the company as well as well to the way we worked and to the way we undertook projects and brought them to fruition and a lot of new developers as well who have gone on to do uh, bigger and better things at this stage a lot of people are able to say this all started at daft during that time that's very interesting so was that an, an ad hoc thing or were you doing that alongside your work or, or were you just solely working with daft at that point um i was only working with daft uh, but it was um at the time we originally had a very flat uh, management structure where uh, people just took uh, initiatives and responsibilities on an ad hoc basis mm -hmm. literally um, so we just uh, uh, we just propose projects, or sometimes we just go ahead and do something because we thought it was a good idea, and uh, and discuss it later. So that's really an unusual place to be and to have complete creative freedom like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, that's one of my fondest memories because after that I've gone on to to companies with more more structure and more rules. So I've never been in that position mm -hmm. again. Enjoy it while you can. It's <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a great memory to have. And I understand it's it's very hard to find something like this mm -hmm. these days. And also, you know, you, the work that you've done helps so many people find housing and and relocate. And you know, there is that real practical aspect. Yeah, absolutely. It was always um, it's always been one of uh, my my most stringent criteria about uh, picking a job because, thankfully, you know working in Ireland as a developer in the last 20 years, it means most of the time I would have my pick of jobs because the, the market is, is so vast. Um, so there are companies that I would be um, uh, morally opposed to working for. Um, you can probably imagine, but I'm obviously not going to name any names. <laughs> um, so 
yeah i would always strive to to work for a company that uh, that does good work and produces useful applications that mm. make people's lives easier or better in some some way a very uh, commendable uh, sense so. so you've also worked for the irish times as well um, yeah yeah that was a few uh, that was a few years ago it i actually started working at the irish times um while i was doing my msc here oh really okay. uh, which was uh, quite an interesting situation because um, I stopped working in my previous job uh, because we were about to have a baby and it was our first time as parents and I thought you know I've been working for 10 years I can take a break and learn how to be a parent mm. uh, so I did that for a few months and then you know I got bored <laughs> <laughs> as you do so um, so this is when I registered with uh, with Griffith to do this this MSc that was one of the reasons I did it so while I was doing the MSc at the end of my first semester I got this job at the Irish Times I think it was November um, so basically I spent more than half of my MSc here also holding uh, a full-time job Wow uh, yeah which means all the homework I've ever done for my course in Griffith happened after midnight very very strictly after midnight so you really put the hours in then when you were working on yes yes i traded my sleep for for an msc essentially but look where it's got you now it's, it's all yeah yeah out. exactly i think it was worth it <laughs> and probably a bit a bit uh, stupider than i used to be but what the hell so you said you you decided to do the masters um kind of after becoming a parent and having that kind of void where you, you yeah i was getting a bit restless um and also there was the issue that um I mean, I, I started looking in the, um, uh, the springboard boards mm -hmm. yeah. uh, because not having worked for a while, I couldn't afford to, to throw, uh, you know, five grand into an MSc or something. And um, I wanted to get some kind of official certification in IT because I'd been working in IT for 15 years at the time and never had an, an IT degree. Mm. So I thought it might help. <laughs> Well, it's, it's definitely gone on to help you. Uh... It, it seems to have helped a bit, yeah. That's fab. And, and how did you choose Griffith? Because there were a number of colleges that were, were offering springboard funding at that point in time. Yes, there were, but very few were offering it at the MSc level. Now, I, I already had an MSc um, in, in physics, so I didn't want to do um, just a HDIP if I could do an MSc. Um, so it turned out the, there were only three I think three MSc courses in the country um, on Springboard. The other two focused more on management of IT, which is where I was in terms of my career at the time. So that would have been fine as well. Um, Griffith turned out to be the most uh, responsive of the three. They were very, um, very pleasant to to talk to and make arrangements with, and it was uh, it was very easy to just get registered. It's always nice to hear, and, and obviously, you know, to see to see one of our grads go on and, and be really successful in their career after after graduating. Is yeah, I, know, I have to say, I mean, I, I already had uh, fifteen years worth of working in Ireland in the industry. So, in terms of my day job, I don't know that it's helped me. It's definitely hasn't hasn't hurt me. Mm. It's a great um, you know additional dot to have on your CV, and it's it's a pretty big um, bullet point. But regarding my my evening job, my lecturing in NCI, it's it's definitely the main reason why why I'm there. That's really cool. Um, so we'll move on now to the 
uh, quick fire questions it's everyone's favorite time uh so right. the first one would be uh the best piece of advice that you've ever received well in um yeah what i what i what i gave you in our previous uh talk is uh, is purely professional advice but I, I got it on my first job and i still carry it with me today and it's it's that so when you have a few options choose the one that get that means everybody gets to save face <laughs> it's basically a polite way of saying don't burn any bridges because you don't know who, who who might come useful to you later on. Yep, a good piece of advice there uh, to anyone that's listening. Uh, the next question is, what advice uh, would you give to recent graduates that are joining the job market? Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, my, my advice on this is, uh, is, is born out of experience because I've, I've changed a lot of jobs and I remember clearly the times when I was... I didn't have much experience under my belt, so I mean, you may have you may have the skills, you may have the knowledge, um, but these these are only few of the many criteria that are used by companies who hire. So your your best um, trait at the time when you're looking for a job is to persevere and to be resilient. To a lot don't let anything get you down because a lot of the times, uh, you know. If you if you fail, it's it's not a personal failure. It's because of a number of other factors that you never had control of. So just keep plowing away, basically. Good advice. Um, definitely good advice. Essentially, like getting getting a job, especially as a new graduate, is uh, to, to 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 a large degree is is a numbers game. You have to play the field um, as much as you can and uh, see where it gets you exactly and there is the right opportunity for everyone somewhere out there it's just about yeah fun. yeah and it doesn't have to happen at your first job no. your first couple of jobs are essentially uh, stepping stones and for you to get experience with the industry in general and then while you're doing these you can you can see where you want to focus and then start um, targeting much more uh, specific um, domains or companies that you'd like that you'd really like to work for hmm. great advice uh, and then the final uh, quick fire question is how would you describe griffith college in three words <laughs> right um griffith college is is cozy um it's efficient um because it's small and it's uh i told you edgy um and i stand by this but i i have to qualify this a bit it refers back to uh, something the way William Gibson described a biotech company Neuros Hotel. He said they were uh, small and agile and all edge. And that's what uh, Griffith reminds me of because they're small. Um, they can see opportunities. They can move quickly and they can make things happen, which is something you won't find in in the bigger organizations with much much more paperwork and processing in place. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's like turning a much bigger ship. Around. Exactly. It's not as easy. So thank you very much for coming in today, Simeon. You're uh, very welcome. I've really enjoyed uh, the podcast with you today, and you've been really insightful uh, talking about your career journey to date. That's good to hear. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Spotlight On podcast, and we'll be sure to catch you at the next podcast. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me too.